And now it's time for the role-playing hour. When you say goodbye to your loved ones for the last time, wouldn't you rather replace the cold corpse in that coffin with the role-playing hour? When you're young, you think people having a midlife crisis are so silly. <laughs> oh, why are you buying that sports car and having an affair with your secretary, you foolish man? Why don't you just accept who you are and the point you are at in your journey? You should be satisfied with the things you have. <gasps> but, you know, then you get to your mid-30s, you feel 20, you're still waiting for your real life to start, for your dreams to start happening, your life is in a holding pattern, just waiting for when things really get good. All the things you've been striving for, training for, and building up to, they haven't even begun yet. They're still on the horizon. And then suddenly you realize, my body is old, my life is half over, of course you're going to freak out. You're still waiting for the you that you know is inside to come out and reveal itself to everyone. You're still waiting to wow everyone with the real you. Don't be silly, DM. Only you feel like that, because you're a cynic. I would never... Hey, that's a nice sports car here in this magazine. Maybe I should get one. You speak of midlife crises. I died. Well... You killed me. Yes, Gordon, but I thought we'd move past that. I should like to think that my death, my erasure from existence, was more profound than your midlife crisis. Did you have a funeral for me, even? Uh, well... No... But we intended to. I think we intended to. Do we intend to? Not even you, Wendy, my dearest human friend. Well, we had nothing to bury. Of course not. I am a cloud of light and gas from beyond the stars. I cannot be touched or contained when alive. Why would you be able to pick me up and place me in a coffin when dead? See, it would be like burying an idea. You could at least have had a service. Something to mark the passing of the greatest genius you ever knew. I still secretly think I'm smarter than you. I just can't help it. Me too. I secretly think I'm smarter than you as well. And the DM. Hey. Ah, humans. So good at ignoring evidence that is right under their facial proboscis. Anyway, you should have a funeral for me. Now. But you've since come back from the dead. I know. But I was dead. That was a fact. You should have a funeral for me. I should like to see it. Kinda seems like a waste, and I bet funerals are expensive. Some kind of service, and I shall attend. You can't attend your own funeral, alien. That's a major social faux pas. That's like organizing your own surprise party. I shall do what I like. You shall honor me. You shall honor the memory of my once death. Fine. I guess we'll get started on something. A friend of mine watched her grandpa die, and she said it was beautiful. How subjective a view of reality would you have to have to think that death is beautiful? Sure, it might be beautiful for you, but it sure isn't beautiful for the other guy. What a selfish thing to think. I mean, imagine if they did that for other things. Oh man, my head! Oh, how much did I drink last night? Look at his hangover. It is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, 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 God, I wish I'd drunk some water. Can I, can I, can I eat anything? I'm, I'm not sure. Not sure if I'm gonna throw up or shit my pants or both. It is truly beautiful being a part of this hangover, being there for him, just watching this process. 
Yes, it has taught me more about life and myself. Oh God, it hurts! Everything hurts! So beautiful. So very beautiful. <coughs> no, I... I... Nah. I think maybe I could recover if I just... Nah. If I... Oh, if I just had a bacon and egg sandwich? The natural process of how a body deals with a hangover inspires me. It touches me. Yes, me too. It restores my faith in the world and removes my dread. All who drink must have a hangover. But a hangover is nothing to fear. <laughs> Please. Whoever you people are, just, just, just bring me a bacon and egg sandwich. Ah, truly touching. Yes, although to be perfectly honest, I wish he would just go and finish his hangover. My show starts soon. Just a... Oh, ow, my head. Just a... to the funeral. Is a funeral like a date occasion? Jim, will you be bringing your boyfriend? He went on a cruise with five hot gay guys. He says he's not cheating on me, but he keeps getting tagged in Facebook and Instagram pictures doing the limbo and kissing other guys. (gasps) Jim, you should leave him. He's a bastard. But I'm over 30. I can't leave him. I would be alone. But on a cruise, kissing other guys... That's not very nice to you, Jim. He should treat you with respect. I'm going to write him a stern letter. What is the sternest font, do you think? And he won't be back for months. I think back to the beginning of our relationship when he and I cavorted with such gay abandon. And now, here I am, just a gay, abandoned. I'd ask you if you were bringing a date to the funeral DM, but I think we all know the answer. But that's lucky, right? Because you always tell us how much you like to be alone. Yes, I... Love to be alone. Speaking of relationships, though, I did realise something the other day. I can't ever have a black girlfriend. If I did, I'd always be tempted to call her a negress or a Nubian goddess. Even if I didn't say it, I'd be thinking it. I've read too much 19th century adventure fiction. H. Ryder Haggard, King Solomon's Mines, that sort of thing. 19th century adventure fiction has ruined me for a black girlfriend. Also, when I see a Chinese guy I know passing, I never say hello because I'm never 100% sure if it's actually the same Chinese guy. Time to face it, DM. You're a middle-class bourgeois liberal racist. (laughs) I am a middle-class bourgeois liberal racist. I'm sure I had higher hopes for myself when I was young. Ugly inside and out. You should go to Russia, DM. I'm sure you'd be popular there. What do you mean? You know how every dog has his day? Like... Back when Eminem was big, skinny pimply guys with bleached blonde hair were suddenly the pick of the litter and getting crazy gash. Well, in Russia right now, everyone loves Vladimir Putin, right? They think he's a god, and you have a Putin-like physique. You're balding, you're flabby and paunchy and droopy. You look terrible without a shirt. Yes, yes, yes! Oh, no, no, but I could never date a Russian woman. I'd never be able to resist calling her my Tsarina, Junior Babushka, or my Lady of the Steps. And if she got pregnant, I'd say she was my Russian doll. Wait, why were you asking about dates for the funeral, Wendy? Do you have your eye on someone? (laughs) Yes, well, okay, I'll tell you. There is this one lovely old guy at the nursing home. I've been looking for some sort of social occasion we can both go to as a sort of first date thing. And this funeral seems perfect. Ah, Wendy and the old guys. Wendy! 
You should try middle-aged guys. They're pretty rad. And they'll only get older every day you're with them. Mmm. My badge just retreated inside me at the very thought of that. It almost dragged my legs with it. Wait, are you sure a funeral is the best place for a first date? Yeah, he always is going to funerals, he tells me. He must love them, going to them all the time. Maybe I'll give him a call. I don't know, crusty old man, young, nubile woman. Are you sure he'll fall for your charms? I'm sure. I'm going to wear my favourite perfume, the one endorsed by Ricky Gervais. Ah, sent to Gervais. Because everyone wants to smell like Ricky Gervais. Hang on, but didn't that get discontinued? I hope not. It's my secret weapon. Any man would fall for me while I am wearing that scent. And the bottle I have is nearly empty. Yeah, yeah, some animal rights activists got it recalled. Apparently one of the key ingredients was the amniotic fluid of a marmoset. No, it can't be recalled. I need that to woo Cuthbert. I was joking before, Wendy. You could wear a burlap sack and he won't care. I do wonder with perfume, though, do women really wear it to attract men? Or do they wear it so they don't have to smell the stink of nearby men? I think that really they wear it to cover other people's stink and not to enhance their own. Yeah, that perfume was definitely recalled, like three months ago. Not sure if you'll find a bottle anywhere. (sighs) No man will love me if I don't smell like Ricky Gervais. Impress him with your mind instead of your Gervais-like smell. Read him some Shakespeare. No, I never really liked Shakespeare. I just don't find the soliloquies believable. You know, one guy talks to himself in a corner about life and death and no one else notices. There they are, planning my funeral like it is a light-hearted social event. But I have not yet told them. When I came back to them, when they thought they had resurrected me through a trick, their trick did not actually work. I have not been resurrected. From my point of view, I have not yet died. I only just stopped being the Watcher at the end of time. I reverted back to my old form. Here I am, having one last look around before I erase my memory, go back in time, and allow the DM to kill me. I said I wouldn't see them again. But that was when I was the Watcher, and I honestly didn't intend to. I couldn't resist, though, that old life with all its simplicity. I took a glance back, and like Orpheus, was doomed to sadness. I saw that their son was being attacked by a space squid. I saw them begging me to save them. I saw them convincing themselves that they could undo my death. Ah, simple creatures. So I returned to them for a final visit, before I went to my unavoidable fate. Because this short period of my life was unforeseen. Because I hid it, even from my own watchful eye. I do not know how long it will last. I will go back in time to die, but when? Tomorrow? Six months? I could vanish at any time. Just vanish without warning. I cannot avoid my fate. It will be soon, though, ho. So soon I am in the same position as I was last time I saw them millions of years ago from my point of view. But whereas before my doom was a distant thing, now it is imminent. It cannot be undone, for it has happened. They worry about reaching midlife. I am at the very end of my life, in the fading moments of dusk, and they do not even know. Ah, well. But is it too much to ask that they mark the occasion? I considered for a time killing the DM, because he will kill me. But what is the point? Then it is just one fewer life in the universe. We think we are growing, increasing, improving, building to something, but really each life is there and then gone, and eventually all life falters. Death 
is the final destination of everything, even civilizations, even species, even worlds. Why should I destroy one more life? It just means there is one fewer spark that there will never be again. Meanwhile, at the Laundry Basket headquarters of the Legion of Roll playing our Super Pets. Roll Call, is every member of the Legion of Roll playing our Super Pets present and correct? I will begin. I am Priapi, Jim's pet snake, present. I am Priapi, Wendy's pet dead goldfish, present. And I am Paunchy, the DM's pet paunch, present. And I am Alpha Omega, the disembodied alien intelligence's pet transgalactic being, present. I'm still not completely clear on what you are exactly. Can you tell us again? I am a being that spans several galaxies. The solar systems themselves are like the cells of my body and a trillion galaxies make up my being. Every thought of mine is carried by life coming into being on different worlds, and as civilizations evolve and travel to the stars, thoughts are spread across my neural network like electrical impulses spread thoughts across your brain. When I feel deep pleasure, my ecstasy is expressed in the tiny spark of a supernova. When I feel pain, it comes forth in a black hole. Right. Don't you think you are a little beyond the rest of us? Kind of on a different level, maybe you should seek a different legion of super pets to join. No, I'm fine in this one. You are only here because you want to feel like a big fish in a small bond, aren't you, Alpha Mega? This disembodied intelligence pet transgalactic being, I believe among your Brahman people, you are the shy one, the outcast. Yes. And so you are trying to feel important by joining a group for which you are vastly overqualified. I bet among your own people, you are a beta alpha omega. Maybe. I couldn't possibly comment. This is Adrian Edmondson from the Bad Shepherds. I hate the role-playing hour. What ridiculous voices. This is Lance Hendricks, and I hate the role-playing hour because they smell bad and they make my cocker spaniel uncomfortable. Have you decided on what you're doing for my funeral yet? We could scatter your ashes at sea like Osama bin Laden. Didn't they just weigh him down and throw him in the ocean? I'm not sure he was ashes. Well, we could weigh the alien down and throw him in the ocean. Then it would be like Osama bin Laden. Remember, you do not actually have to dispose of my body, as I do not possess a material shell. However, if a corpse would make the ritual easier for you, wom wom. Oh my gosh! There is a corpse in the living room! Steven, heck! Did you create that out of thin air, alien? I might have... sourced it. Where did you source it from? Whose corpse is it? I teleported it here from a nearby funeral. I'm sure they won't miss it. Ah! Where's my husband? No, no, alien! That doesn't work! Plus, we'd never have deep feelings over this corpse. There's no emotional attachment. Horror is an emotion, right? I'm feeling plenty of horror due to this corpse. Oh, very well. I can provide a corpse you'll have an emotional attachment to if you like. No, no alien, alien no! no! Very well. I shall stay my immaterial hand, and I shall dispose of this corpse. Wom wom. You put it back in the funeral you took it from, right? Hmm? But no, I just left it out with the bins. Oh, there's a corpse by the wheelie bins! Gordon, you can't do that! What? 
It's hard rubbish day. Gordon, I think you will have to let us do this our own way. Most people don't have much control over their funerals. It's left to the survivors. You need to leave it to us to commemorate you. It's strange, isn't it? People say that after you die, you live on in the memories of those who knew you. But you don't, do you? What they're remembering is not you. They remember how they saw you. When they think of you, they're actually evoking a part of themselves. Their version of you is entirely subjective and detached from your actual inherent and transitory existence. All your secret thoughts, all your dreams and desires and hopes, all the memories unique to you, they're gone forever. Stopped in an instant. They'll never, ever be known by anyone else. Gloomy McGloomface. It's like how people claim there's love at first sight. That's a lie, obviously. You can't love someone at first sight. You don't know them. You're projecting an identity onto them, and that identity is subjective. It comes completely from yourself. It's a part of yourself. You force onto them an illusion. But I suppose love relies on illusion. No, it's more complicated than that. Compatibility is down to all sorts of genetic and biological factors, too. You like someone because they have genes that complement yours, and that can be revealed by bone structure, hair colour, the turn of a lip. We're attracted to health and fertility, and we can see that visually. Smells play a big part. From a glance and a sniff, we can determine whether or not their various disease resistances and parasitic organisms are compatible with our own. So we can learn a lot at first sight. We can tell whether we would go well with someone. Yes, but you're talking about reproduction, biology, and lust, not love. There wouldn't be love without those important foundations, most likely. And can't you tell a lot from people's eyes? First impression might not give you a dead cert, but you can learn enough about whether there is a strong foundation of compatibility, and if there is, you're in with a good chance. Well, in my case anyway, because I'm attractive and my interest is likely to be reciprocated, not in yours, Deanne. With you, any attraction is going to be one-sided. You must look at people and fall in love all the time, because everyone has better genes than you. You mix with anyone's genes, and your existing set of genes are going to be better off. I've talked about this before, but you go into medieval monasteries in Europe, or, or crypts, and there are carved or painted skeletons saying things like, as you are, I was, as I am, you will be. I found that so threatening and aggressive. It seemed like such a religious slap. You're going to die, so behave, follow your religious instructions, etc. It really felt like an angry teacher hovering over you with a cane, but now, now I'm not so sure. In the Middle Ages, you would have seen a lot of people die. A lot of people you loved and cared about would have died, perhaps in front of you, and the graveyard would be full of familiar names. That message from the skeletons wouldn't be so threatening then. It would almost be reassuring. We all come to nothing. We all cease to exist. It has happened to everyone, and it will happen to everyone, and you shouldn't be afraid. These people you loved have blazed a trail. You will join them, at least, in non-existence. You will depart the cares of the world. There's no place for you here eventually, but we are all equal and together in the dark. I think it's in Ecclesiastes there's a message that goes something like, I was not afraid of the darkness before I was born, so why should I be afraid of the darkness after I die? I didn't exist back then and it didn't bother me, so why should my future non-existence be such a thing of terror? It's the same dark. Well, bye guys. Oh, Wendy, are you taking that old guy to the funeral? Cuthbert, was it? The DM and I are planning fruit platters. We need to know numbers. Cuthbert didn't even know me. He won't be sad enough. I object. Shh. You don't get to decide, alien. I hope I'm taking him. He'll never like me without my perfume, though. Oh, Wendy, you're just being insecure. I didn't know you were so insecure. Wendy, 
It is my observation that heterosexual male human organisms spend a disproportionate amount of time obsessing over female biological organisms of your precise demographic. The odds are that you won't have anything to worry about. I don't know. She's a bit mousy. Don't you think she's a bit mousy? DM. What? He's an old guy. If he chases young girls, he's probably going to the strip clubs in the middle of the day when the seniors do. And the women he's seeing are doubtless rather more athletic and robust than little Wendy here. The elderly dude, <laughs> he might have higher expectations for a girlfriend 60 years his junior. You did say robust, right? You weren't making a joke about Wendy's bust. Jim! What? It's not like we don't all know that's 10% you and 90% push-up, brah. Oh my gosh, you'll never like me. I'm really going to need his perfume, aren't I? My demographic probably has perfume. So you found a place with a bottle left then? That's good. Better get down there before it sells out. Oh no. I looked online. There are no bottles left anywhere. I'm going to the zoo. Okay, have fun. Also, it's nice that you would encourage me to better my physical appearance, but this is at least 15% me. She must have big nipples. Meanwhile, at the laundry basket headquarters of the Legion of Role-Playing Hour Super Pads. We use allegiance powers to outwit the old lady Stan would across the road. He has trained her back while to steal diamonds from the museum. Excellent. Wendy's pet dead goldfish floaty. Motion seconded. This sounds like a job for the legion of role-playing our super pets. All agreed, say I. Aye. Thank you, DM's Pet Paunch Paunchy, and Alpha Omega, the disembodied alien intelligence's pet transgalactic being. Alpha Omega? Alpha Omega, do you second the motion? Well, I think Alpha Omega doesn't like us. Jim's pet snake fry up me. <coughs> if I may. Go ahead, Paunchy. Alpha Omega's neurons are solar systems. For a thought to pass from neuron to neuron, a civilization must evolve enough to manage interstellar travel, to pass an idea across the stars. It is fine when we speak to him of things with which he is familiar, about ideas for which connections exist, but if we introduce a completely new idea, like outwitting old Lady Sternwood's plan to use her magpie to steal diamonds from the museum, we must wait for an interstellar civilization to evolve before he can process it. And how long will it take? Well, let's just say we'll be here for a while, so it might be a good idea to order dinner. You always want to order dinner, Punchy. My name is Freddie Williams II, and I hate the role-playing hour because they turned me into a juvenile delinquent. This is Corin Nemec, and I hate the role-playing hour because when we went to the sauna, they decided to go full Swedish, and I didn't need to see that. It looms. Death. My death in the past. But will those who knew me mark the occasion correctly? What am I to them? I suppose this funeral will tell me. So should we have clowns? Clowns? Are they appropriate for a funeral? Well, we'll be sad, right? And clowns will cheer us up. Oh yeah, good thinking. I'll book some clowns. Hey, what religion was the alien? I don't think he told us before he died. I don't know, ask him. Alien, what religion were you? I am a genius who can see across dimensions, perceive atoms in their dance, and watch universes spin. I have scoured every corner of existence and seen 
No proof of a god. So that never stopped anyone. Ah, you humans and your superstitions. You do not realize that you are merely animals covered in parasites, biding time before death and mistaking the need to breed for love and any signal reminiscent of sexual fertility for art. Everything that you imagine as being high or pure is linked to your base genital urges, because that is all you are, clusters of cells who grew complex and subsequently were cut off from other clusters. Everything you know is related to your need to reproduce yourself, for at the cellular level, you knew you are impermanent, and will soon be gone without a trace unless you breed and create another cluster of cells, eternally cut off from you, as you are from all others. Well, it's just that Wiccan funeral speakers are the cheapest. All this one online asks for is a bottle of absinthe. Oh, and she has red hair. Redheads are hot. Well, redheaded women. Yeah, redheaded women. Why are redheaded women so hot, but ginger men so useless? That's the curse. That's the problem. You straight guys keep breeding with the redheads, so you keep making ginger boys. It's your fault. Ginger boys are the terrible byproduct of redheads being hot. Ginger boys are like the slurry pumped out the back of the redheaded rendering plant. Ginger boys are exactly like the slurry pumped out the back of a redheaded rendering plant. Anyway, alien. Are you maybe a Wiccan then? I know you like nature. I was thinking the other day that we're using up the resources of the planet, right? But any organism on Earth would use up all resources available if it could, if left to its own devices. It's nature's way to not think globally. The natural balance happened purely by chance as countless organisms struggled for dominance over the centuries, eating and excreting each other. So really, as humans now, our aim is to evolve beyond nature. If we do what nature tells us, we'll just eat everything in sight and use up everything useful. We have to train ourselves to go against every natural instinct that has taken us this far, or soon we'll be dead. All of us must float towards eternal night, as must even this planet of yours, suspended in the void, rushing towards its fate at 108,000 kilometers per hour. In the daytime, there is the blue of the sky. The world seems so self-contained. We can imagine we alone are so important. What is happening on the ground is so important. The sky seems to nurture us, pressing us close to our friends. We're subjective and insular. When it gets dark, the earth is stripped naked. The veil is cast away. We can look up and see the bones of the universe. We are utterly exposed. There is the empty infinity of creation, and we realize that we are in fact nothing, that we are alone in unfeeling eternity. No wonder people have learned to be afraid of the night. Okay, okay, what does this map say? Mamazettes. Okay, over this way. Ah, there they are. <laughs> now I just get out my wire cutters and... Oh my gosh, the fuzz! Hey there, enjoying the marmosets? Oh yes, they're tops. Would you like me to describe more about their habitat and habits? Oh no, that's fine. I would prefer to meditate on the marmosets in isolation. We actually have a very successful breeding program here at the zoo. We've had eight babies born in the last three years. In fact, you can see that one of our marmosets, Wilberforce, is pregnant right now. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Remember that I didn't know that. Actually, I just forgot it. Yeah. What did you say? Oh, I said that one of our marmosets, Wilberforce, is pregnant. Oh, I put my headphones in my ears. I can't hear you. Too bad. Remember that. Remember my ignorance in case anything untoward ever happens to one of the zoo's most fetching jungle dwellers. Now, don't you need to stroke a seal? <laughs> no, I don't need to stroke it. Wait, 
What time is it? 3pm? Crikey, you're right. I'd better go and stroke the seals. Ah, finally. He's gone. Now I hope my wire cutters are strong enough. Yes. Now, come here, Mama Set. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Mama Set, amniotic fluid was one of the key ingredients in my favourite perfumes, Scent de Gervais, which got cancelled because of damn animal rights activists. But fortunately, you, little Mama Set, are full to the brim with amniotic fluid, aren't you? Please, please, don't scream. I have convinced myself you don't have feelings. That is the only way I'm able to do this. I hope the key ingredient alone does the trick. Now just squeeze the amniotic fluid out onto my face. (laughs) Shush. I'll just have to squeeze harder. Damn it. Amniotic sun. Burst. Shush. I need to feel better about myself. And I don't care if it hurts you. I am offended by some of your choices in regards to my funeral. Really? Such as? Such as Mongoloid by Devo being played at the service instead of My Way, the song I specifically requested. You don't get to request anything alien, and it doesn't matter if you're offended, you're in a better place now. I am here! And that's a better place than being dead, isn't it? Anyway, doesn't matter how offended you are, it can't be half as offensive as what those guys to recently perform Othello did. I am Farthathor Methothalamuth, your arts reporter, and I'm here speaking to the Boyle Shakespeare Company, who are in town to stage their highly controversial version of Othello. And can you enlighten us on your version? Yes, well, there is uh, nothing too complicated about it. Ours is Othello in blackface. I see. And why did you not just hire a black actor? No. (laughs) No. No, see... Blackface is the point. Ah, because you were commenting on how Othello perhaps used to be performed in the past by white actors who privileged themselves over black? It is a commentary on racist practices in the past, meant to enlighten us about the ongoing struggle against racism in the present? No, uh, because uh, because we wanted to comment on blackface. People are, <clears throat> people are prejudiced against blackface. People tend to ostracise those in blackface and to cast them out. If I go to a job interview in blackface, for example, people just will not hire me. It's disgraceful. If I wear blackface on the train, with my children in blackface, people will abuse me. Verbally abuse me. Right in front of my blackface family. This sort of thing has got to stop. I see. I think Othello is good for highlighting these issues because, you see, though Othello is basically a good man... His downfall is brought about by those who are prejudiced against him because of his black face. Yes, but uh, not because of black face. The language still works, you see. Iago says, Even now, an old black ram is topping your white you. This could be a reference to black face. Or it could be a reference to someone with a black face. 
even when characters are complimentary about Othello, they are never able to forget the colour of his skin, and they position their compliments in contrast to it. The Duke of Venice says to Desdemona's father, And, noble signor, if virtue no delighted beauty lack, your son-in-law is more fair than black. This is clearly a reference to the fact that under the black grease paint, our Othello's face is indeed fair, just like mine, just like yours, and just like the face of anyone else important. And what about when Othello says, My name, that was as fresh as Diane's visage, is now begrimed and black as mine own face? <clears throat> ah, amateurs, yes. Uh, <clears throat> exactly. Begrimed, begrimed. Begrimed, as the bard might have said, just like blackface. You see how well it fits? Othello is a perfect means of helping us increase the acceptance of blackface and to fight against unjustified prejudice. Do you know that more men than women commit suicide? That is because they can't wear blackface. Um... The statistic is true! Look it up! And Othello says of Desdemona, Yet I'll not shed her blood. Nor scar that whiter skin of hers than snow, And smooth as monumental alabaster. Because, you know, if you're wearing blackface, it gets everywhere. You scratch your face and it's all over your white cotton gloves. Just gets all over the place. It's very difficult to clean. It stains. <laughs> Sometimes I think life would be easier if I just didn't wear blackface. Well, uh, Othello, by the Boyle Shakespeare Company, uh, playing this Thursday, Book at Bass. Meanwhile, at the Laundry Basket headquarters of the Legion of Role-Playing House, Super Pets. Someone talked to Alpha Omega about an old idea, one for which the interstellar civilization has already evolved, and so signals can pass back and forth across his galactic neural network. All good, Floaty, Wendy's pet dead goldfish. Thanks for asking. That's nice. Um, we've been thinking and... Tell him, Floaty. I will. Just give me a minute. We like you, Alpha Mega, and you're real swell, but we're not really sure you're really suited to our particular laundry basket. Legion, my bro, playing our super pets. It's not you. It's us. Yeah. Kicking me out? Well, more making you free to join any kind of legion you want. One far away from us. One for whom you aren't merely motes of dust on a single cell of the being. But it was going so well. There's so much to take in. It might take me a while to process. Alpha Omega? Alpha Omega? It's no use, DM's pet punch, punchy. A civilization is going to have to evolve into stellar travel before he can process that thought. Oh, I'll order dinner. Meanwhile, old lady Sternwood's magpie is making off with all the jewels from the museum. <laughs> Solving this problem with Alpha Omega is more important. This is Legion business. 
we could go and solve the problem with the magpie while the interstellar civilization is evolving and enabling Alpha Omega to have a thought. We're not listening to your advice. Is this because I ate Clutterbuck's pet mouse, Chitachuck, fifth member of the Legion of Roleplaying Hour Super Pets? Yes. We can still see the bulge! Aren't you gonna digest that thing? I'll digest it when I want to digest it, and not before. I'll eat the tail! Blanche! What? I was hungry! <laughs> Listeners, if you had a pet in our legion, which would surely improve it. <laughs> what would that pet be? What kind of creature is it? And what would its name be? What are its superpowers? Tell us by dialing 8313-5000 you can write on the Facebook wall at facebook.com slash the roleplaying hour. You're commemorating the dearly departed Gordon and here with the assembled mourners Jim, Wendy and the DM here on the roleplaying hour on Radio Adelaide 101.5 FM Digital Radio and online. Old episodes can be found at WordPress site at the roleplayinghour.wordpress.com and more recent episodes of the Radio Adelaide website itself. But right now call in on 8313-5000 or write on the Facebook wall and tell us which creature of yours would join the legion of roleplaying hour super pets and what its name and super Superpowers might be confused, nerd. This is John Reese Davis. I hate the role playing R because they tossed a dwarf. Now, uh, we have no time, so I'm just going to quickly go into the subscriber prize. Why should you subscribe to Radio Adelaide? Well, it's a community station, uh, supported by the community. Um, oh, 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 we have no time for a caller, and someone actually called in. Hello. Hello, Stan Flex Factum. Flex! You're going to have to brief Flex. Oh. Can you give us your briefs, Flex? Okay, Venezuelan Poodle Moth. It can fly, and I can. And this one's special because it can shoot lasers out of its eyes. Venezuelan what? Poodle Moth. Poodle Moth. Moth. Excellent. I will post a photo on your Facebook page That's later. Sweet. I approve. Okay, and what? Uh, it would definitely improve our stupid legion. We would want it yeah, to get. It also sh- has an IQ of three hundred. Good. We want. It, we would want it to shoot its laser eyes all over the legion because we never want them to appear on the show again. Okay. <laughs> so that Dumb. would be great. We particularly <laughs> hate the uh, it, w- the floaty, which we have called. We have dubbed the yeah. We have dubbed mm-hmm. the Israeli Jar Jar Binks. Understand anything? <laughs> Can we hear from yeah. you, Israeli Jar Jar? What would you want me to say? Stop putting settlements in Palestine. Bloody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for thanks okay. for contributing. I'm just sad we have so little time. That's okay. So thank you. Good Flex. luck with the rest of the show. Yes. Thanks, Flex. We, we Flex love you. Someday. My hair loves you too. It's putting so much effort. We need to we need to make something for Flex or do something anyway. Uh, subscriber prize, you might win. One subscriber, you get a magazine sent out to you, and you get the warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting Radio Adelaide and knowing that you're supporting the, your local community. You could also win a subscriber prize this month. You could win five hundred dollars worth of books, courtesy of Wakefield Press. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Wakefield Press publishes quality titles in literary and popular fiction, history, biography, art, poetry, and many more. Subscribe now to win seventy-five dollars standard, forty dollars concession. Just dial eight three one three five thousand during business hours, or go to the Radio Adelaide website. Follow the links to subscribe. You can Google that, as we like to say. Uh, so, uh, yeah, well, that's pretty good. Some books. Okay. This is John Leeson. And I hate the role-playing hour because if there's a bit of gaffer tape on the floor, it gets stuck. And then the guy with the remote control has to go in and push it. And when it gets too close to the cameras, they go fuzzy. And one time, one time, you know, it stopped moving completely and smoke started coming out. Look, there must be an easier way of entertaining people, really.
This is Robert O'Reilly, and I hate the role-playing hour. I wish their B.O. and inconsistent hygiene would be banished from this world and into the halls of Stolokar. Oh, go suck the big one. <laughs> we are gathered here today to celebrate Gordon Sen... Well, <clears throat> we can't say his last name. A friend we knew simply as the disembodied alien intelligence. Since he left, no earthly trace. We use this dandelion to represent him. What can we say about Gordon? He always faced the hard truths. Even if he didn't understand, he always tried. He had great power, and he used it more wisely than I ever would have. I suppose we all have great power in our own way. Exactly. He could have destroyed the universe if he wanted, but he chose not to. But then we, as adults... We could run someone down in our car. We could hit someone in the face with a hammer. We could break the spirit of a child with our words. We could. We have the power to change the world and ruin lives in that way. But we choose not to, because we're not dicks. The alien was the same. He was not a dick. I'm sorry, I killed him. <gasps> sorry, I'm late. Wendy. Just keep going. This is Cuthbert. <laughs> Uh, <coughs> Wendy, you have, uh, you have some, uh... What? Uh, just a, <clears throat> just a little, uh... What? What is it? It's there on your... What? A little marmoset fetus. There on, on your face. Oh, wait, let me just... Did I get it? A little to your left. Did I get it now? That's my left to your left. How about now? There, you got it, that's good. <clears throat> well, I'm not sure what else to say... What words could be enough to express death or to capture the majesty and mundanity of a life gone forever? As Flaubert says, human speech is like a cracked kettle on which we tap crude rhythms for bears to dance to, while we long to make music that will melt the stars. The alien could melt the stars, he was a star, and now he is gone. Jim, if you could play his favourite song. Sure. was not my favorite that that was not it was not not my favorite song Shh, alien <sighs> make Cuthbert now kiss the bride this is this is a funeral wendy you're, you're not getting married oh right well um Cuthbert, you can kiss me anyway and now we commit the alien back to the universe. We have no body of the aliens, but we have this dandelion, which we will now hold to the open window. Jim, if you could do the honours. Sure thing. Look at all the seeds float away on the wind, scattering in all directions in the sun. What? So pretty. What should I do with the stalk? I don't know, just throw it in the bin. Done. And now, send in the clowns. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, okay, okay, that's enough, that's enough. Send out the clowns, send out the... Yeah, there we go. How was that, alien? It was 
better than nothing. Ha! Well, it was better than you then, because you're dead, so you're nothing. Now I know what happens after I'm gone. I know the footprints I left fade. Well, what should we do now? Should we get a pizza? You always want a pizza, DM. Fine! Well, I don't know. Uh, we could watch a movie. Let's go to the movies tomorrow. Oh, I know this great coffee place. We can go get coffee, celebrating me and Cuthbert getting married. You're not married, remember? That was the alien's funeral. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, coffee coffee would be good anyway. Fine, coffee works for me. Okay. Here I am again, awaiting my final hour. Should I tell them that I was not resurrected and that I will, in fact, soon be gone? No, why worry them? I shall tell them immediately before I must leave once and for all, or perhaps I won't. Perhaps I shall spare them that. Perhaps I shall just slip away. Meanwhile, at the Laundry Basket headquarters of the Legion of Role-Playing Hours Super Pets. I've had enough of this, Alpha Omega. You are going to have to go because you are beyond our power level. We solve pet-related crimes on this planet, in this city. But to you... This planet is just one of your many cells. You think intergalactically. How is any of this important for you? You are so far beyond us. You would be better off being amongst your own kind and contributing there. So are we off of my but I agree with Kayapi. Jim's pet sneak. And I agree with Flaudy. Wendy's is really George R. Beach. Pat that goldfish. <laughs> Besides, a civilization has to evolve to being capable of interstellar travel before you have a new idea. We'd all be long dead and buried by the time that happens. Ah, uh, yes, but if you are dead and buried, then what you are goes back to the basic primal matter of the universe, joining together in me. That creature, both haphazard and complete, the interlinked force of countless galaxies, you will all be one with me again! Of course, you are all one with me now. You are already star matter and earth matter, and you will return to that and be a part of the greater whole. That's nice as the bubbles. But then, I myself am middle-aged. Yes, I suppose I joined this group because of my midlife crisis. I was never part of a super team when I was younger. And I always wanted to be. I feel there should be a violin playing in the background here. But my life is so short, only a few billion years. Planets and stars, they're not there for long. Blink and you'll miss them. You, my friends, will die and return to being a part of the greater being. That is me. So great. For a while, at least, then one day, one terrible day, I myself will die. <laughs> As the stars go out, a utter cold will envelop the cosmos, and all will be pulled together in the big crunch at the end of time, and then nothing will exist anywhere, not even time itself. We will all be together, and we will all be apart, because neither will be a concept. There will just be the void, the void, and no trace that any of us ever were. All this talk of emptiness makes me hungry. How about we order dinner? You always want dinner, Paunchy. Oh, look! All the ladies done what has easy and come from fencing illegal diamonds to get into heroin racketeering. What is that? Old Lady Stonewood has used the income from fencing illegal diamonds to get into heroin racketeering. No, I think Old Lady Stonewood has used the income from fencing illegal diamonds to get into heroin racketeering. I hate this lesion. We've thanked General Flex for... Is Vladimir Putin uh, topless 
photo. Really, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, for your information about Gervais being a noted animal rights activist and a bit of a bell end sometimes. Mm. And Stephen, we thank you for your contribution to our um, listener question uh, for sheer muscle power and stealth, our German Shepherd Ginger. Oh, and gorgeous looks and charisma. Alpha female, girl power. Floaty, do you have anything to say? Just kill me now. <laughs> <laughs>